With Long Island local news on Friday, August 18th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. After hearing again from a plethora of Hampton Bay's residents opposed to a 100-megawatt battery energy storage system not far from the Shinnecock Canal on August 8th, the Southampton Town Board is slated to vote this coming Tuesday, August 22nd on a six-month moratorium on proposals for best systems in the town. Beth Young in East End Beacon reporting that Southampton Town's moves come in the wake of several fires at best energy storage sites in New York and as regional public sentiment has turned against these utility-scale lithium battery storage systems, which renewable, renewable energy advocates say are key to storing renewable energy in a future in which the grid no longer relies on fossil fuels. South Old Town enacted a six-month moratorium on best systems in April, while a new task force works to draft code to regulate them. The town's code is currently silent on this emerging technology. Riverhead Town adopted rules for siting of best systems this April. Southampton Town is in a different situation. It drafted code to regulate best systems uh, systems back in 2020, but few people were aware uh, or commented when the legislation, which allowed the systems to be placed on residentially zoned property, was approved in the midst of the COVID lockdown. Residents say they expect the town to more thoroughly review properly siting these facilities and the potential danger of fires alongside evacuation routes and environmentally sensitive areas, as well as in neighborhoods where people live. They also asked for training for volunteer firefighters who would be the first to respond to best fires. In other news, the Riverhead Town Board is moving ahead with an amendment to Riverhead's law governing the application and approval of special events. Alec Lewis reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the change would allow special event organizers to file their permit applications with the town closer to the date of the event without a penalty. The lead time would be shortened from 90 to 60 days for small gatherings, that's 1,000 or fewer attendees, and 120 to 90 days for large gatherings, that's uh, between 1,001 and 4,000 attendees. The lead time for massive gatherings... That's 4,001 or more attendees would remain 180 days. The proposal would eliminate or substantially modify some code requirements that have been in place for 20 years, as well as roll back others adopted in 2018. The Riverhead Town Board passed a resolution setting a public hearing regarding this amendment for September 6th at 2.05 p.m. The amendment was drafted by town officials and a subcommittee the town's business advisory committee, including event organizers in Riverhead. And finally, this month marks two years since six Northwark residents suffered fatal overdoses from cocaine laced with fentanyl over the course of three shocking days. The oldest was 40, the youngest 27. Several suspects in two separate cases are facing charges for supplying the lethal drugs. Last week, the Suffolk Times spoke to Dr. Lawrence Schiff, Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital's Vice Service Chief of Emergency Medicine, about the current state of the fentanyl crisis on the East End, the impact of over-the-counter Narcan, and what exactly happens when first responders reach a suspected opioid overdose victim. Chris Franciscani and Steve Wick in the New York, uh, excuse me, in the Suffolk Times reporting that despite a countywide rise in fentanyl-related deaths in recent years, Dr. Schiff said that anecdotally, opioid overdose deaths have dropped significantly on the North Fork since the summer of 2021. He also hailed the FDA's uh, March 2023 approval of an over-the-counter version of Narcan or Naloxone as a game-changer in saving lives in the crucial few minutes after a victim stops breathing. Quote, the thing I'd like to tell the family members and friends of opioid drug users is that Narcan works. Narcan has now been approved to be over-the-counter by the FDA, and we do give it out here liberally in the emergency department to patients who suspect that they have a substance abuse problem. 
he said, as well as to friends and family members who regularly interact with the users. Dr. Schiff said speed is everything when it comes to saving the lives of overdose victims. Quote, the brain will start to die if it doesn't get oxygen within four minutes. So seconds do count. Absolutely. End quote. South Old Town Police Chief Martin Flatley concurred with Dr. Schiff that overdose deaths in the area are down from two years ago, but he said overdoses themselves are not. Reading the weather on the North Fork in honor of Louisa and Xander Hargrave joining us for a special segment about 50 years of growing wine on Long Island's East End at the bottom of the hour. Looking like showers likely, possibly a thunderstorm before 11 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., Partly sunny otherwise with a high near 83 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with a low around 62 degrees. West wind around 15 miles per hour. Right now it's 71 degrees. Keeping the uh, wine edition running. Who do we have? The Animals, Eric Burden and War, Carly Pierce, Edna's Kin, UB40. But first, jump in Gene Simmons right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love on 88.3 and 96.9 WLIWFM, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org. Stop uh, slash radio. We'll be back. Money and left me so blue. Tried to tell her she was doing me wrong. Leave old daddy over here all alone. Someday, honey, you'll understand how to appreciate a real true man. Yeah, drinking wine, a little bourbon too. Running around, that's all you'll ever do. Hold my hand, say I'm your man. I love you, baby. Can't you understand? Well, I saw you running around the other night Eyes bulked out, you looked like you're tight Guy you was with, he looked real mean Kind of fella I'd never seen Lights in the joint was turned down low Heard you whisper, you my daddy, oh yeah Drinking wine, a little bourbon too Running around, that's all you'll ever do Hold my hand, say I'm your man I love you, baby can't you understand? Well, I sit in the booth real close to you, sipping along slow on my bottle of brew. Jukebox is playing a sad, sad song, entitled Baby, You're Doing Me Wrong. I left the joint walking slowly home, heard a voice say a gal's done wrong. Here she comes a-knocking on my door, she'll find me reaching for my old 44, yeah. Drinking wine, a little bourbon too, running round, that's all you'll ever do.
WFM studio, but I do have a beautiful bottle of Encore uh, Vintner's Pride from Pellegrini Vineyards. Uh, as I look at Vineyard Royalty here in the WLIWFM, the one and only Louisa Hargrave, her son Xander. Uh, I, always, I think when I see uh, winemakers like Robin Epperson McCarthy or Kelly Koch, I thought of them this morning when I saw that photo of you toting Xander or Anne in your adventures as you uh, pioneered Long Island wine country in 1973, 50 years ago. Louisa, thank you for being with us and you, Xander. Oh, it's, it's such a, a pleasure to be here. Wonderful to be here. I'm here with my boy who at five months was the youngest, world's youngest consulting winemaker, took in every bit of it. How to learn how to be a winemaker, and are now so now you're you're at at Pellegrini. Pellegrini Vineyards are going into my tenth harvest at Pellegrini. Hello to John Larson and all of our friends. Shout out to John and all of our friends over at Pellegrini. Uh, It's fifty years of Long Island wine country. There's the the grand tasting is tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, very exciting. At Peconic Bay Vineyards. Yes, and it's going to be an epic event. Because it's not any one winery touting what they've done. It's a right. tribute to the whole region, what Alec and I started 50 years ago. And, you know, Alec and I 
were in search of something very specific that defined the region, and that was, have you ever had a taste or a smell of something that was so compelling that you just had to find it again? Rose ice cream. Rose Whoa. ice cream, yes. I've had the same experience. Actually, it was Patty Lenz was making it at a movable oh, feast in West Hampton. Stop it. And they segued from that to making wine. What? So ex- yeah, they Wait, did. it was rose ice cream? She was making rose ice cream. Wait, what are you You're talking about? Yeah, she did. And that, it was pro- no, it was probably You're in 70, blowing my mind, 75. Louisa. Seriously, 75 or something like that. And the next thing they did was start a vineyard and a winery. But the thing is that Alec and I, when we were first married and we were learning how to cook and we got into wine. And back then, the American wines were Inglenook, Almaden. They were jug wines. There was almost no premium wine. And we had started tasting like... Chateau Bechevelle, like you could buy for $4.99 Chateau Latour, like the best wine in the world. It was very accessible. My whole grocery budget at the time was $19, so put that into context. But um, we decided that we wanted to have a vineyard. We wanted to have a life of doing something meaningful and producing something that we could taste with this quest for very specific flavor. How long had you been on the East End? Um, well, we hadn't been on the East End. Oh, okay. We discovered the East End in our quest. Like, we lived in a Jeep Wagoneer. Okay. We went up and down the West Coast. That's what my book, The Vineyard, is about. Yes, an which we're going to have quest. you back to talk about this for a, a, a dedicated segment. Yeah, so the thing so that's you guys important. Were on the West Coast. Yeah, so, and then we came back to the East Coast because in our travels, we started, in our research, we learned that. This quest of ours, um, it's not that easy to grow high-quality Pinot Noir and Cabernet Sauvignon. And if we couldn't grow those grapes, we didn't want to do it at all. We had a concept for an estate vineyard and winery similar to what you see in in France or in in a lot of Europe. But the focus on quality wine at the time was strictly France. So that was our model. But really, the American wine scene was bulk wine, Taylor, Lake Country. Gallo Hardy Burgundy was not even invented when we started. Like, it was new. So um, when we discovered the climate of Long Island just by a fluke of eastern Long Island, we just looked at each other and we're like, well, everybody says you can't do this. But, you know, we had never grown grapes, never grown anything. But we had a lot of education behind us. We'd done a lot of research. And we about thought what what you were looking for for as anything. For, if you want to learn something, as far as the soil, as far yeah. as the weather profile. Exactly. We knew that we needed a relatively warm winter but we needed a real winter and we needed a very late spring and we needed a long harvest time without rain and um, we needed rain-fed agriculture so a lot of little details that mattered that we found on the north fork and um, we met with john wickham who was growing some table grapes that were European varieties. They weren't wine grapes, but they were because similar. He's growing, he's growing all sorts of fruit, of course. Well, he, he was a teetotaler, so he didn't drink, so he wasn't going to grow wine grapes. But right. we met with him. He showed us the bay. He showed us the sound. And he said, don't do this. You'll be pioneers, and you're going to be the ones, you know, who everybody's chasing after. And we looked at each other. I was 24. Alec was 26. And we we're like, you know what? That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And don't let anybody tell us. 26... You love to hear a no. Yeah. You love to hear a no. Because then you're like, oh, just watch me. <laughs> exactly. Watch me. Which and is we, great because yeah. the, the best advice that I've gotten from anyone is don't listen to people. Yeah. Because, <laughs> the, you know, just do, if you have a dream or you have an idea and you feel it in your heart, go for it. It's valid. Because people, people will, you know, whether it's a, a, a haircut or a tattoo or a job, or whatever it is, everyone's going to tell you no until you do it, and then they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, that looks so great." So one of the Good most, job. you know, one of the most compelling things once we had planted, and then of course all these so-called experts want to get involved. And in one single day, we had the world's expert from upstate New York, Nelson Shawless, who didn't know anything about growing vinifera. He he was all in on native grapes which we didn't want to grow because they taste horrible. <laughs> they make horrible wine. Sorry. Tell it like it is, Mark. Okay, but <laughs> I do. Um, but we had him, and we had Casamatis from California. He was the expert out there you know, in Napa for growing, yeah, Cabernet and Pinot, so he knew what that was. But they're looking at one vine, giving us advice, and one of them says, 
well, you keep this big fat piece of wood, but you trim off the lateral. And the other one's like, well, no, you certainly don't want that fat piece of wood. You want this scrawny little piece of wood. And we're like, uh-huh, okay. We're going to figure this out for yeah. ourselves. Nice knowing you guys. Right. Bye-bye. Let's, we're we're going to go forward, it. and we're going to do what everybody says you can't do. And look at this explosion now, 50 years later. So much excitement. And we have a region, not just wine, but wine and food. And that's the whole synthesis of it, you know. Another love, thing I, I want to say seeing, is I that love seeing the pairings between totally. the local restaurants, the pairings and the, the local, local restaurants. Well, they say you know it's the, the saying if it grows together, it goes together. Yeah, and there's like an incredible synergy <laughs> I think in the region between winemakers, chefs, farmers, fishermen, artisans. Like it's all come to fruition and coming out of what you know something else. We it's, mentioned it's we mentioned the grand tasting. There is going to be that food element there. There right? absolutely will. Some of the best chefs in the region will. Be We'll be pairing. What are some of your favorites? Who's going to be there on uh, tomorrow that you uh, you're excited to say? Oh, there's you know I'm excited about the, the quality of the restaurants is is out of control and the bounty this cornucopia. Um, to name a few, I mean you've got you got Tom Chardell, Allure. Oh, yeah. You know, Tom Shodell has been behind oh, us yeah, from day I've one. Bartended there. There you Allure. go. I love <laughs> Tom Shodell. I'm going to give a plug for his book. Oh, we love his book. Is his fantastic. Book. I know somebody the thought that one? I was dying because I was laughing so hard at yeah. midnight. I was crying. I was screaming. That second in the helping? funeral home. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so it just great. Just came out. Oh, Long to find out more about the uh, grand tasting to us at 50th anniversary grand celebration. It's going to be. Five o'clock, I believe. It starts at five. I think it goes five to eight. Actually, There's if a you... VIP tasting at four thirty, I'm going to pour some old Hargrave wines. Ooh, from as well from as Hargrave Pellegrini. Thing. Very nice. Yeah, I love how they're doing it. Where they're doing it by type. Yeah, and then you can neat? taste everyone's wine. It's interesting. So you're not just myopically tasting yeah. only like oh, you know like only lands only Pellegrini. Pellegrini. Yeah, I'm gonna... just keep saying yeah. Pellegrini. <laughs> Well, this is, I mean, everybody, it's kind of a nice thing that every single winery on Long Island is is small, you know, a worldwide standard. We're all very small and we cultivate our own kind of the wine clubs and our own loyalties, which is absolutely fantastic. But to celebrate the region as a whole, they're sorting the wines out by sparkling, rosé, you know, the finishing wines. And, you know, you've got, uh, you've got Blue Duck Bakery, you've got, um, Frisky Oyster, you've got, uh, you know, some of these great restaurants. And that's another thing I want to say, too, because, you know, the people who sell wine in the wine shops, like Herbert and Rist here, the people who um, run the restaurants, they got to get behind these wines. You got to mention, you mentioned Rist, and I remember you mentioning them to me. Why are they significant when you talk about the history of the wine region and your own adventure well, uh, in particular. So Jack Rist was just an aficionado, and he was all behind it. And there were similar people. Like from like, the beginning, right? From the beginning, like I mentioned, Tom Shadell, John Ross. We also had people in Manhattan. You know, we had Jean-Georges von, von Richten. We had Danielle Belud, like some of these top chefs. They're also people who don't need to be told what to do and what to choose. Right. Because they're at the top of the game. They served our wine. That's Ted beautiful. Conklin, Ted Conklin from day one oh, yeah. was a Hotel. huge supporter at yeah. the American Hotel. So, um, you know, and, and he's got a couple bottles kicking around. Oh, right? he's got he's got a cellar. <laughs> That's a nice cellar. Yes. He's got a cellar and he knows his wine and he cares. Plus, the guy's a lot of fun. <laughs> I went to Italy with him. Oh, my God. Did you really? Well, there's a bunch of us. What was slow it like? Food. Who it was the slow food. The slow food group hits Italy? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my gosh. To be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I wish I would, I'd been invited. I'm telling <laughs> you, there's fun to be had if you're a winemaker. For so sure. Xander, Xander went and worked at, uh, in, 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 in France, in Burgundy. Yeah, I I Chateau Fuisse. Fuisse. That was, oh. Xander, what was it like well, to, that be, was to be growing up in this tradition? It was excellent. I mean, you don't you sort of look back on it, right? I mean, right. it's hard to because when absorb you're, when it, you're, but when you're a kid, it, you don't know anything really outside. You're like, this is normal, right? Yeah, this I is- thought. Well, I thought that uh, you know, my parents would like every gift I gave them was, had a grape on it, and then I came to find out they could care less about the kitschy grape, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
everything with, with trellis and grapes Aww. and tendrils and you know grape earrings and stuff and like great put them put them in the bottom of the drawer right but so uh, sweet. no grow, you know i think for me the experience was just osmotic it's like in your pores like right. you, you, you just soak in there were always people around mm-hmm. so that was cool picking harvest was just this dynamic time and i was involved i mean they put me to work too i I've done basically every job you could do involving wine, but I w- I was on the bottling line at probably well, that's age how what, it works. seven. If you're if you're in proximity <laughs> to a vineyard, no matter who you are, it's all hands on deck. Totally. In well, a, ours especially, yeah, because we were small scale. Like most vineyards, you know, somebody is in the vineyard and somebody's in the winery. They're not all. I was everywhere. I did everything. Mom is and, awesome. And my kids the mom were with bomb. me. Like I literally wore my babies. You've seen I the saw, pictures. I love those pictures. Um, because I, I thought, well, that's what most women in the world do. You know, they have a baby, they're gonna wear it because they gotta go to work. And you just you make it you make it happen. But I think that that's part of our success was that we did it ourselves. Like we didn't just think we're gonna go hire somebody to do this. So because we were so incredibly hands-on, um, we could be there to pay attention to detail. And if you walk into Pellegrini Vineyards and you go down into the lab. Xander has a sign there, and it says, excellence is never an accident. And I love that so much because this is the key to winemaking. This is the key to everything. You know this too. Yes. Right? Excellence. And it's all about the details. So, you know, and we got to talk about, uh, I was talking with my sister about failure. And uh, she was, uh, I forget who it was. I think John Batiste did an interview, and he was talking about, you know, uh, there is no such thing as failure. And, And I was saying, no. Failure is the number one uh, ingredient to success. Uh, th- when I think about you being involved in every aspect and learning every aspect, I'm thinking you get to make all those juicy mistakes that are the foundation of really understanding what the hell you're doing and what the operation is and why, and why Louisa, is is that so valuable as far as having a successful uh, operation, no matter what it is, whether it's a well, because or everyone's going to make mistakes. I mean, even in the most touted regions of the world, there are horrible wines being met made, and so when you walk down into your cellar and you've got a fermentation just starting and you don't like the smell of it, oh man, you're going to give that wine a walk. You're going to air it out, and you're going to solve the problem, right? You know, and you and you learn as you go along by those things that make you, you know, less happy. But I will say another thing too is that. When people say don't do this and they warn you, this is going to happen, that that's going to happen, probably those aren't the things that are going to happen that are really hard. Mm. You can't predict what's going to happen. No. That's going to be hard. So you might as well go forward and give it your best with full attention. You know, and that's why the whole hands-on approach is so absolutely key and critical and keeping it like all of Long Island, the way it's grown. We have so many wineries, so many winemakers, but they're really small scale with a couple of exceptions, they're really small scale. These are not bulk jug, jug wineries. And the winemakers can have a style. I feel like it's the oddest thing that a wine really shows the personality of the winemaker. I can't oh, yes. explain it. I can't explain it, though. How? Why? Well, same thing as a chef, you know, chef's food. Or a person, they could give you the or recipe, a person but... looking or a dog looking like their owner. Oh, well, that's true. He's got I a dog. I have one of those. He's got a dog. What kind of dog do you have? He's a standard poodle. Oh, my god. You gosh. wouldn't see it now because my hair just got cut. I, I have like... a lot of curls. So. I've seen yeah. pictures, Zora and I've seen pictures of when, you're, when you were a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Xander had, oh, he looked like Bacchus. Both Xander and I got our hair cut, different hair cutters, but for this event on Saturday. Who's cutting your hair? Who's preparing you? Oh, I go to Tim Dark in, in Manhattan. He's on the Lower East oh. Side. Oh, yeah. I, I made this a trek into the city for my haircut. Very nice. Well, he used to be the uh, the haircutter for um, Vidal Sassoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. He go. He works by himself. Shh, don't tell anybody about him. I'm, but anyway, go back to the wine because you know. Louis but that's the thing. So like much fun. attention to detail. You have to care about every single yes. thing you do. You know, we're here once. We're going to do it right. And you, you know, you want the best tomatoes. You go to, you know, you go to Sang Lee, you go to, you go to, you go to Wickham's, you know, you go to the place that you love the best. You want the best seafood. You're going to go to Braun. You're going to pick out, out. It's just come in. And I live this way now because I've been so immersed in it all. But now we have, 
you know, Francois Payard, who's cooking fantastic nice. things. Is that have... Southhold Social? Y- yeah, that's yeah. right. He'll yeah. be there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Adam. Yes, Adam right? Lovett. Yeah, Adam Lovett. Gotta, Not just gotta love him. Good people. He's great people. Great people. You know it. You know it. But <laughs> so, the thing is, the heart and soul are into it. Yes. I, I can't imagine. It's going to be such a beautiful thing for you, Louisa, being there tomorrow. Well, you know, to, I have you to know, say. Having planted the first vines in 73, to now see this beautifully diverse, rich wine region right here on Long Island's East End. So I was brought up not to take credit, you know, not to boast. I finally came to the conclusion, Alec and I can take credit, we can boast, because we set an example of excellence. We set an example of the estate-grown vineyard and winery on a small scale, growing the best grapes you can grow, with the best climate you can find, and I'll take the credit. And as my kids yeah. say, I take the credit for the traffic too, but I <laughs> back off from that one. <laughs> no, to me, I, I think mom and dad were like a divining rod, showing people the potential of this beautiful, bountiful place surrounded by water, fertile, well-draining soils. Um, and they focused from the beginning on making the highest quality wine, and that's precisely the legacy that the region has embraced moving forward. You could could have gone a different direction. Could also, you know, the only constant in life is change. It could always be right and it, going forward. And it, there could it be other things. Will. When, Xander, I mean, look. Could you look forward? I mean, do you see wine here in fifty years from now? Boy, I sure hope so. We would be missing a big ingredient of our lifestyle without it. You know, it's these. We, you know, they set out to achieve world class, making world class wines, and that, is and that has happened. been achieved. Yeah. Yes. So going forward, it's like, you know, I think what was exciting from the beginning and exciting now it, with our appellation, uh, well, there's a few different appellations, but for all of them, we have room to experiment. So you never know. Like, we're not limited in what we can produce, what we can plant. Right. So things what may is- go from, uh, you know, it may be that Cabernet Sauvignon, for instance, is phased out or Pinot Noir. Who, who knows? But there's the ability to plant something else as our region changes, you know, as the microclimate changes. Speaking of which, here on the 50-year mark, what's going on in in the vineyards uh, being planted and being produced that's particularly exciting you guys uh, right now? One thing you see people doing is making blends that are um, like you have the Rejoice blend of, of, of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc. So putting a name on a wine characterizing it as a personality uh, instead of, because the trend for varietal wines is changing a little bit. And sometimes it's hard for people to buy, say, well, I won't drink Chardonnay because they're used to this kind of caramel custard California Chardonnay with a big alcohol. And that's not what we do on Long Island, but still, if it says Chardonnay, they're like, oh, I don't want that. So, you know, call it something else and let them try it and not be judgmental ahead of time. And it gives the winemakers a, an amazing amount of creativity. These blends—it's the the blends are the are the most fun, because you get to really highlight your your skills or uh, your personality. What's your I favorite think. blend that you've made, Xander? Oh boy, um, the Encore is definitely up there. This is unreleased. What you what got? What should I What should I eat with this? Oh man, how about some Long Island Duck? Mm. Oh yeah, a little Crescent Farms Duck. Oh yeah, we love our something Crescent like Farm. that, uh, or some McCall steak. Ooh, right, he's doing Charolais. I mean, there's talk about someone who who did something that you know, uh, people told him it wasn't really going to be. I like the story that he told me about how Jerry Hayden uh, taught him how to really bring the Charolais beef. Uh, and make it really tasty. Yeah, they they did work to closely it, together to with that. Finish it with the grain. He was Jer- behind. Jerry yeah. Hayden was incredible too. Like yep, he absolutely. supported us. What an inspiring individual. Yes, absolutely. The, that's a case of a Very chef who knows best. his taste, who knows what's good, and he's not afraid to get behind it. Yes, you know. Yes. By force of personality, I think Alec and I were that way. You know, we weren't going to have anybody tell us no until, you know, we had to try it for ourselves and it worked. If and I'm going to make a mistake, I want to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and also, yes. if I want to succeed, damn it, I want I it will. to be my success. Yeah, right. And cock a doodle do. 
with that, with that, I'm going to play um, a request. We're actually bunny hopping past Carly Pierce and Endis Ken. We're going to play a little UB40. We've got David Allen Coe, Big J McNeely, and the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, with a little day, days of wine and roses. But first... Red, red wine. Red, red wine. Right here on Long Island. My theme song. Local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. That was Louisa and Xander Hargrave. I'm Gianna Volpe. This was a very special segment underwritten by, uh, let's see, Alex Ferone Gallery and Sag Harbor Cinema. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love. Skin starts peeling too. You wake up in 
G with lice in your hair. Lord, what you do? You've been drinking Monkey David wine. Monkey David wine. Monkey David wine. You old porcupine. It's gonna make you lose your mind. Let's go to the jungle now. David Allen Coe on WLIWFM. I have very special guests in the studio right now. I've got my niece, Abigail, and my sister, Danielle. Here, Abby, put this, put this guy down by you. Abby has been visiting. What has been, uh, what's some things that we've done that you really liked? Uh, go to the aquarium. Oh, my gosh. We had such a fun time. At the aquarium, what were some of your favorite exhibits? What did, who did you like to see when we were there? I like to see the penguins. Oh, my gosh. Okay, there were 20 African penguins, right? I think many of them have uh, names from, like, Sal- uh, Seinfeld. But here's something I didn't know about them is that I think they came through JFK and they didn't have proper identification. It sounded very much like Mr. Popper's penguins. That's all I have to say. What else did you like? Uh, I liked that um, when we saw, when he got to pet the animal. When, where did we pet the, oh, at the touch tank? Yeah. That was super cool. There were spider crabs in there. There was a hermit crab. I saw a horseshoe crab. There was a starfish. Speaking of petting animals, where else did we go? The petting zoo. In Manorville, the animal farm petting zoo. Super cute. Can't go wrong with a petting zoo. No. It was so <laughs> much fun. I didn't expect I didn't expect to have so much fun. There was a camel there. Who else? Who did you who did you feed? Um goats. Um deers. Yeah, those fallow deer were so cute. They eat right out of your hand. They almost looked like reindeer, right? Mm-hmm. Who else? Um, we saw the talking birds. Oh my gosh, those cockatoos were amazing. They were saying, hello. Hi. I liked when you fed the baby pigs milk. Aww. They were so cute. That's adorable. Yeah. It was really, it was really, really cute. <laughs> and then what else did we do when we were there? Um, we got ice cream. We did get ice cream. And we went on a train. The train was my favorite part. Aunt Gianna's camp adventure. Camp adventure, which by the way, it was very synchronistic because you've been writing songs this week, right? Yeah. So I took her to Folky Fest at Marich's Field Brewing Company to see Rory Kelly play. And she said, you're a songwriter? And gave her a pin that said, do you need an adventure? Mm-hmm. And that's, isn't that amazing when stuff like that happens? Yeah. 
Do you have a good time, Abby? Yeah. <laughs> How have you been enjoying your stay, Danielle? Loving it. Yeah. We I love, this love when you come and visit us. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful out here. I mean, who wouldn't love to visit? You know, we could use a little less rain, I think. But I other think you're going to get that tomorrow, right? Yes. Uh-huh. I smell a beach day coming. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's Abigail and Danielle. Let's see. This is Frank Sinatra. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI, WFM 88.3 on the FM dial. Throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County. Streaming online wherever you may be at WLIW.org. Slash radio, we'll be back. The days of wine and roses, life and run away, like a child at play through the meadowland toward a closing door. A door marked nevermore That wasn't there before The lonely night discloses Just a passing breeze Filled with memories Of the golden smile That introduced me to The days of wine and roses and you The days of wine and roses night discloses just a passing breeze filled with memories of the golden smile that introduced me to the days of wine and roses and you
into the NPR News break with Paul Enka, a steel guitar and a glass of wine after Delbert McClinton. This was the wine edition of The Heart here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Thank you to Matt Ritter, uh, Xander and Louisa Hargrave, Danielle uh, Velez and Abigail. I'm Jenna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. Tell me who she holds tonight and bring me 